薄いのはほTell everybody a little bit more about yourself.、Uh, yeah, I、uh, have been in the world of manga for over a decade now.、Um, Heart of Manga has been running about nine years, so it's been going for quite a while. And I collect manga as a hobby and have like this massive shoujo manga collection. And it kind of started with a librarian. She was、mm-hmm. asking me like what she should order for the library. And I was like, oh, well,、mm-hmm. I know lots of good series. And then I was like, I actually know a lot of information. Maybe I need to put it out there.、Yeah. And so that's how the blog got started. No, admittedly, how I learned about the blog, I'm ashamed to admit that I didn't learn about it sooner. But like in looking up series that I should cover on this podcast, I was like, wait, there's this resource that actually tells me helpful things that I've always struggled to be like, when does stuff get published? Like, how do people feel about it? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and then I found it and I was like, this is amazing. I, feel, I understand everything now. It's been, it's been a long journey and along the way, and it started on Blogspot、mm. almost 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just became its own site. So it's gone through several renditions now.、Um, yeah. So do you have, I know this is probably really hard, but do you have like a favorite, favorite manga? Do you have a handful of favorite, favorite mangas? I do have a favorite, favorite, and、Ooh. I can't even like review it on my blog because I'm so totally biased about it. But, um, <laughs> Skip Beat is my favorite one. Ah, Skip Beat. I've only actually watched the anime and I keep trying to like wait for the manga to finish and I'm like, it's never going to finish. It's the, it's the shoujo equivalent of a shonen manga. Like, that's. Yeah, it's, it's, just... it's been going 10 years already. So. Oh. I think somebody should just make a Skip Beat podcast. That's what I really want. Somebody to just make a Skip Beat podcast that rivals like all the podcasts about Naruto and Bleach and stuff. That's my well, I know some people who could do that. <laughs>、uh, see, I think we should all be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. All right. So let's get into our talk about QQ Sweeper. All right. So QQ Sweeper is available in North America from Viz Media,、uh, along with much of other Kiyosuke Motomi、uh, works, particularly, you know, I think most known for Dengeki Daisy. And there's also a sequel to QQ Sweeper. That we will surely talk about more later as just like a concept of a sequel to a manga that's only three volumes. It's called Queen's Quality, which is just like currently running in Viz. And、uh, yeah, my romantic partner, Jeff Ruberg, still works at Viz. So maybe I have some conflict of interest, but he only cares about shonen titles. So I don't think I have a conflict of interest. <laughs> Here. No, I think he, need, he needs you to balance him out. I know, exactly.、So. We're just like, we're a couple. We have all the, all the things covered. It's great. Yeah, so do you want to give a really quick plot synopsis of QQ Super? I'm going to try. I was、okay. actually thinking about how I was going to give a synopsis of this because it's, it's such a different series. It really、yeah. is. I mean, you have a high school setting with a boy and a girl in the high school setting, but that's not really what the story is about at all. It's got. A lot of supernatural elements where they kind of have like this, this psychology background where they're going in and trying to help people. And they do it all through this huge metaphor of cleaning.、Mm-hmm. And so,、um, without giving away too much of the story, you know, it's basically a high school girl who comes out of nowhere, ends up meeting this boy、um, who has the job of cleaning. And he cleans all over the building, all over the school. And、um, he ends up bringing her into that business of cleaning as well.、Mm-hmm. And I think that title, QQ Sweeper, comes from his little nickname of being Q. And、yeah. then they call their cleaning sweeping. So that's a, as good of a synopsis as I can give you. Yeah. I was actually really confused about why there were two Qs because I was like, I get that it's his nickname, but then why are there two? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. But 
given that the next series is called Queen's Quality, I was like, maybe. Yeah, that's where I think it was coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I retroactively put that as the two cues. Like, cool, I guess. So before doing this podcast, I know that you had read the series before. That's why I have you here. I had not, though. Um, I assume that you had, like, reviewed it for your for the blog before, and that's how you heard about it? I think I, I had um, reviewed the first volume, maybe the second. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've read the three-volume series twice now. So I actually got into it because I love the mangaka. So I like yeah. Kyosuke Motomi. So I loved her series, Dengeki Daisy. It was It's, like, right up there with Skip Beat for me. It's one of my favorites. So... Yeah, so it wasn't hard for me to go, oh, look, it's her new series. I have to read this. That makes sense. I feel like I've only recently gotten into her stuff. Like, I only have read so far four volumes of Nengeki Daisy. Too much own shame. I'm, I'm catching up, I swear. <laughs> yeah, so do you have a uh, favorite thing about this short little series? I guess probably I just like the way she has the characters interact, and I get a lot of sentimentality between them. There's a lot of chemistry, and I think that's what makes me connect with the story a lot. Hmm. For me, I was just really surprised reading it. I was like, wow, this manga is actually about cleaning, though. Like, I really didn't expect it to, like, be so much about the actual act of cleaning, but I really True. liked it in the end. And I, w- I thought it was shockingly dark, especially in its imagery of, like, the bugs, and there's a lot of going into people's minds, and it's kind of a dark place. And to me, I was like, I feel like I only see anything be this dark visually in shonen titles or like adult titles. And it was very interesting to see it used in a shoujo setting for me. I agree. I agree. I think she had a little bit of that in her last series, some of that a darker element. But for sure, like when I first saw the series, it hadn't even brought, been brought to America. I was seeing it come up on the website for Betsukami. And mm-hmm. I was like... Like you are, I was struck with it, like, cleaning? Really? Cleaning? Like, Why? <laughs> how, is, how is she going to take cleaning and make a story with that? So I was pleasantly surprised when I finally got hold of the volumes in English and was able to figure out what she was doing with it. Yeah. It's good for, you know, like, funny tweets, I feel, like, how serious they are about cleaning. But also, I'm like, no, it's genuinely, like, I love how much they're into cleaning and how <laughs> this whole elaborate metaphor it's really great it is it's, it's a very very elaborate metaphor that works really well for the story that she's telling yeah and, and it's just generally like a really good mashup of a lot of things even though it's short you're like you pulled it off you, you pulled off that like cinderella other like weird tropes of maids and like cleaning pretty well i like it <laughs> i agree yeah so, okay, so if you haven't read this series yet, and that premise of it's about cleaning intrigues you, as it should, then you should maybe not listen to the podcast from here on out, because we're going to spoil all the things. Uh, you're going to know so many things. Although, technically, this is really just, like, the opening arc of a larger story that continues, so can we really spoil that much for you? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so maybe you do want to keep listening. But uh, here we go. Spoiler time. So going further into favorite things, uh, do you have a particular favorite scene that really struck you? Uh, My favorite scene is the scene where um, they have gone through a cleaning and they're both really exhausted. And Fumi goes to sleep and has this really disturbing nightmare. So she goes downstairs to see Q um, because that's what they told her to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but anytime that a sweeper has a nightmare, they need to seek out another sweeper for company. And as they're sitting there talking and he's eating some candy, he gives her this big candy. And mm-hmm. as he sees her eat the candy, he has this like deja vu moment. And he like almost tackles her and kisses her. That's like yeah. my favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> I really, what I really liked about that scene was again, the cleaning aspect of it. Like he was like, you can eat this candy, but then you have to go immediately brush your teeth. And I was like, I love you, Q. You're so great. Like, what? what are you about? Like, you're the best. I guess I like all those scenes because I, I really just liked, because I feel like by volume two and three, I was kind of like, this is getting really like, there's a lot of story stuff that is not, is like coming up that is not going to be wrapped up in these three volumes. And that kind of yeah. distresses me. Um, but volume one, I was like, I'm so into this. Like, 
cue apparently drop kicks people who litter like i'm all about that guy <laughs> like he's great <laughs> um yeah so i just really loved the whole like setup of it in volume one um and i thought like you know the first cleaning that they do was sakaguchi who just initially comes off what is his problem initially he's just like kind of a he hangs out with bad people because he got like injured he used to be on the baseball team but then the injury takes him off that so then he's kind of sad and hanging out with the wrong people and so he becomes a little corrupted and then I was really touched by the like we cleaned your mitt and now you you like have feelings again <laughs> and you're like a nice guy and I was like yes <laughs> I love everything <laughs> yeah I, I like that aspect where they're they're helping people through their cleaning so it's not just like let's go clean. It's they're not OCD. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not. O- they're not too OCD. They're like I'm genuinely trying to protect your teeth when I tell you to go brush your teeth after <laughs> eating candy. <laughs> trying to help you out. <laughs> it's real fun. Yeah, but as as we have mentioned already a few times, how this is already just like a opening arc to a larger story, like because there is a sequel manga called Queen's Quality, which I have not started. I do have the first two volumes, like, chilling, and I almost started it yesterday, but I was like, I don't want to then have that, like, in my mind to get mixed up with this. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to. It really is. Yeah. Because Queen's Quality, even the first two volumes, has given you quite a bit more, so. Oh, really? I mean, I can, yeah, that makes sense, because this ends on, like, there's a bad guy and her power is awakened. And you're like, what? That's not, that's not an ending. <laughs> like, it, it isn't. It isn't. It's kind of like a cliffhanger and it's kind of like, where's the rest? Right. But it is weird, right? That it like became a new series. This is not a normal thing, right? Well, I, yeah, I, I actually think it was kind of like a trial run on the part of the magazine to say, huh. this is a really odd like story idea. Let's give it a <laughs> shot and see how it goes and the, you know, the response that we get. Mm-hmm. And so if it gets a good response, okay, now we'll let you have this full-blown serialization. So that's kind of what I thought might have happened in, over in Japan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it just seems weird because then you'd have to like, do all new marketing for it if you make it a new series though like that's just you got to start from almost square one again I don't know I just found it a very strange publishing decision and when I told it when I explained it to Jeff he was like oh it probably like because the way she describes it at the end of uh the last volume volume three was that she was like I don't know just like I can't explain to you how this happened but there was just a big opportunity that came along and I I had to take it and I was like oh, what does that mean? And then Jeff was like, maybe it got published in a different magazine. I was like, nope, they're both in the same magazine. Like, I don't really, I, this explanation is baffling to me. <laughs> like, I don't right. understand. Yeah, so, and then I tried to, I tried to look on the internet. Like, maybe, I thought maybe in the two years there was some explanation, but I could also be bad at searching on the internet. I didn't find, I didn't find anything. I didn't find an explanation for why. <laughs> and she's never like said anything either and I almost wonder too because when they started the series QQ Sweeper over in Japan they were trying to pull in the characters from Dengeki Daisy yeah and like they're in the same world and so I almost wondered if like they were gonna try to combine some of that story for for the queen's quality but I have yet to see that happen yeah, I was also pretty curious about how these all these Dengeki Daisy characters were in here I was like I've only read four volumes of Dengeki Daisy, but does this suddenly suddenly become a crossover with QQ Sweeper at some point? Like, do they go into their minds and sweep their minds? Like, what's like, Kurosaki's just like, cool, I'm, I'm good now. I'm like, I don't know, what's going on? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, that would be an interesting story. Yeah, does this go all, go all like, clamp, like, Suasa XXXholic <laughs> levels? No. No, please no. <laughs> exactly. Everybody, please no. <laughs> it was too hard. Yeah, so it does, definitely seems like an odd decision. Weird. Interesting. All right. I'll I'll just accept that that's a weird mystery that maybe in a few years when Queen's Quality is done, we'll figure it out. We'll get the backstory. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get the backstory. When you come back on for Queen's Quality in like three years (laughs) from now, we'll (laughs) hopefully we'll have an answer. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I just wanted to talk about some themes. I feel like it probably makes sense just to start with the power of cleaning as as a theme of anything they do. Because uh, I was, I really love that they say just lines like 
cleaning won't ever betray you. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's a great philosophy. <laughs> yeah, I know. And and that's kind of like what that whole family is about. So I, I, I think it's really funny as a like kind of a gimmick for a story. But I almost wonder if like, I don't know. She's trying to put some like subliminal health message in her manga. Because like. <laughs> she definitely like they definitely have things of just like this is how you clean this. And like you really, really should be cleaning these things at X rate. And again, brush your with teeth. With a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Clean your toilet with a toothbrush, you guys. Get inside all those little grooves. I mean, that is a thing I've heard recommended. I was just like. I didn't expect so my it, manga to be. And there a, was yes. the whole explanation of how to wipe with a cloth. Like you have to like fold it yeah. and then fold it. I was like, oh my gosh, she's getting very detailed here. <laughs> He's like, you're just wasting like cloth surface area if you don't fold it in a specific way. And then when that gets dirty, you use the back of it. I'm like, all right. I mean, again, that makes sense. <laughs> but do people normally care this much <laughs> about this? Oh. Well, it obviously shows she did some research to write it. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I mean, that they do at some point say that cleaning is literally like a little thing that can be as good as saving the world. And I was like, I guess in the way that, you know, you want the environment to be clean. You want things to be clean because that makes them last longer. And if that's saving the world because we're not destroying it, like that's a good theme, I guess. <laughs> But also, cleaning is so tedious and hard. But I, I want to say because of Japanese culture, too, like, you know, they bathe every day. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very important to them for, like, to, to be clean for mm-hmm. better health. So I feel like that's just, like, a cultural just maybe a thing cultural that they have. Thing. Yeah. I've always been struck by Japanese. Like, I've always tried to kind of, in my mind, I mean, they live in a giant mansion in this manga, so maybe it's kind of breaking my conception a little but like how we have this conception of Japanese people generally live in like smaller spaces and all of these things but then I feel like we also get the I'm like but where do they put all their manga then like I don't I don't understand how you keep it all but then you watch anime and you're like they have a bunch of stuff but it's also neatly like everywhere like that's I'm like I guess that's just how Japan is (laughs) I don't know (laughs) they're all just really tidy and clean and space is efficient unless you're a neat I mean that's (laughs) yeah like I guess that's what the whole uh the magic of tidying up (laughs) book is about that's like the the like the whole thing with Sakaguchi when they went in his apartment and it was like litter everywhere it was like totally filthy yeah and that was part of like the cleaning of making him clean too I can definitely appreciate that. I think I'm definitely OCD, and so this this manga and its imagery and its focus on bugs actually really struck me because, um, on, on a personal level, because in my first apartment, this was the first time I lived on my own with Jeff and in our first apartment, and then we started getting all these bites on us, and we were like, oh no, do we have bed bugs? Like, what's going on? And then it turned out that we had, there were rats, apparently, somewhere, living like under the foundation of our apartment and that they had mites that were biting they're supposed to bite them that started biting us and we were like we're so dirty and diseased and like sad (laughs) yeah but they they misdiagnosed it for several months as scabies which was also terrible that's awful Yeah. yeah so then i was just like i i viscerally feel this manga and how it's like bugs are the devil who make you feel uncleanly I'm like it's true they did they destroyed my soul for six months well I mean I think too like if you had to come up with a metaphor for for dirtiness I mean when you see piles of trash there's always bugs around flies cockroaches you know so I think it makes sense in a sense you know coming from that aspect yeah but just like as things that destroy your soul I was like yeah That's definitely, that's definitely it. (laughs) Maybe she didn't want to draw like demons or something. (laughs) Yeah, she she, like demons are too far. So bugs, bugs are gross. But yeah, so then the bugs do eventually morph into a bigger metaphor for like depression and the voices that you hear inside your head of other people in society. And I guess more to the, uh, you know, cleanliness aspect. They are sort of a like, 
class status indicator normally because like when I was diagnosed with scabies we were like oh no this means we're like uncleanly and people like think less of us and like all these things but people definitely were like wait you have scabies get away from me (laughs) (laughs) then I didn't but it was still gross but yeah so I don't know how you feel about bugs as metaphor for like depression is that is that like too far (laughs) I don't, I don't know if I would say, like, yeah, like, depression isn't really, like, contamination. It do, I mean, that doesn't equate to me. And so it's more of that, like, negativity that's there. The, the those nagging voices. And I can kind of see how, like, a nagging voice would equate with, like, an annoying bug. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about how bugs make, like, annoying sounds when they buzz past you and stuff. So that's, like, more in line with the metaphor of, like... Yeah, it's just this annoying little nagging in your ear um, because I believe it's Kauri has like bees or whatever. No, that's the guy. What's the guy's name? I don't remember his name, to be honest. Yes. The, one that, the one that went after her in the sports shed. That's what yes. I'm thinking of. Yeah. Second guy. We're just going to go. <laughs> that's his name now. Um, yeah, so he has like. I guess bees are, like, a common thing. I guess Kaori did, in the end, have bees, like, when she was in the cell of her mind (laughs) at the end. So they make a pretty annoying noise. That's how I know bugs are around me, and I always run away. I'm very scared. (laughs) I'm very scared. (laughs) I think she was playing into that fear as well. Like, there are so many people that are afraid of bugs, so that was, like, really good for the dark aspect. Yeah. I've just always tried to be, like, you know, because people always struggle to come up with the best metaphor for how depression is in your in your mind because you know everybody who like doesn't understand how you can't just like get up every day and whatever gets really confused about like how how does it feel so I always feel like I see comics that are like well this is how it feels and it's just like always in a, a depressing voice and you're always trying to like give uh, imagery to the depressing voice in your head yeah, so I was like, I guess bugs are, like, a decent one. Yeah, I wouldn't go with bugs, but, like, <laughs> it works. It and, works. I mean, I, I agree more with, and I, I don't remember her name, but it was the girl that gets attacked by the bug handler. And when they have to go in and try and rescue her at the end, and she is, like, so far down in depression that it's very just very, very dark. And mm-hmm. that, that, to me, made made sense from that aspect of it. But, yeah very very dark and negative voices I think that too is a pretty true aspect of it where you have like the negative thoughts overriding anything positive yeah I also like the I guess like going along with the metaphor of bugs it was just like yeah we're all little bugs that annoy each other like we are both you know the human who is being annoyed by the bugs but like you are the bug in somebody else's head apparently (laughs) like telling them all the bad things (laughs) um even if it's not yeah. something that you directly said, it's something that, you know, people interpreted negatively and yeah. repeat a new sort of negative thing in their head. Yeah, that that's very true, too. I mean, there are so many people that all they hear is the negative, And so that's what brings them down. So I think, yeah, that's a pretty true aspect of what happens. Yeah. Then I guess I wanted to also talk about how there's a weird Cinderella aspect to this. There's some of it that makes sense right like they're sweeping I guess in Cinderella you know there's she those stories that I know which are admittedly Disney Disney fied because our all our lives are corrupted by Disney I guess but I'm like okay she yeah cleaning that part makes sense she wants to be a princess but then I started I was like this metaphor seems slightly slightly mixed in this in a way that I was like I feel like I don't even know what the essence of Cinderella is anymore. <laughs> like, what? I'm so confused. Yeah, did you did you feel that that was pulled off well? Or have any thoughts about that? The Yeah, the Cinderella aspect, I can see, like, the similarities with the cleaning and, like, being poor and, and wanting to find her sugar daddy or whatever to set her up for life. <laughs> Because that's yeah. what it seemed like. I mean, she's always, like, looking at every guy and going, oh, is that, could that be my Prince Charming? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I feel like she just really wants to be rescued. And so that's kind of where that princess rescue theme comes from, too. And, and that falls in line with the Cinderella story. 
so yeah, there are aspects of it that definitely align with the Cinderella theme. I was just like, it just didn't make sense to me on a level of like my interpretation of Cinderella. I guess you did say that she wants a sugar daddy. So that, that part makes sense on an economic level. Because I, I guess I think about it as an economics thing of like, you know, I gather that the essence of Cinderella is sort of about transcending class barriers, right? Like, right. It's about, you know, she's of a lower class and he doesn't recognize her until she puts on a fancy ball gown and has a glass slipper or whatever. <laughs> like, right. But then I was like, but in this instance, I guess what's really breaking the metaphor is that Kyutaro is also a sweep. Like, he's not a prince. And I'm just like, I guess he lives yeah, in he a does, mansion. <laughs> he doesn't really fit the prince charming at all, I would say, in this aspect. I mean, they're on the same social class level. Pretty much. I mean, they're both sweepers. They're both cleaning. Um, it's not like he's going to come in with a million dollars of money and, and take her away because they're not. They're working together every day. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think a little bit of the aspect comes more in Queen's quality, Ooh. which Sorry. I won't spoil. <laughs> I won't go there. Um, but uh, yeah, you start to understand a little more of how like her status could change if you want mm. to put it that way yeah well I mean she does become a queen apparently by the end so there's also that like I'm like all right so she becomes queen but like without Kutaro Kutaro's like what's happening I don't even know what's going yeah. on here like I don't even know what a queen is what's that <laughs> right no like and he he's clueless about it so yeah for him to be prince charming doesn't like that doesn't equate I don't think He's just not Prince Charming. I don't know what role he would be. <laughs> I don't know what role. He's just a the cute butler. boy. Yeah, he's just yeah, he's a he's just a cute butler boy, man. And like he lives with a dude who has a mansion. They just happen to have a mansion cuz all of her social problems are not that she's like, you know, her class problems are not that she's not socialized to a certain like middle class degree. It's that she keeps being abandoned by people. So she has to like work for herself and stuff and she keeps being abandoned because she is cursed apparently although not really all the sweepers are like but you're not cursed like I can tell you that definitively <laughs> like 100 percent right. uh she's just targeted by a dude who's a bug handler who puts all the bugs and whatever in people's heads well I think they already have them in their heads but he like exploits them I guess basically yeah Ataru yeah so yeah, so there's just like I don't I don't know like Kutaro is just like a dude <laughs> who's yeah. obsessed with like a girl who is maybe Fumi maybe not that's also not really I mean I get it seems pretty obvious that yes that's true but it's not definitively wrapped up in these three volumes I would say not in these three volumes no, no. <laughs> of course he wants to believe that Q wants to believe that for sure and. As we go further into the story, the next story, um, you start to see a little more. But, you know, in this story, it's now, I, I mean, Kyutaro just wants to protect her. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. I still can't relate it to the Prince Charming aspect. Like I said, he's a cute little butler. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard in this manga because there's not really that much, there's not that much romance, right? Like, I feel like the hottest things that happen in this manga are all the, like, chapter pages are hotter than the, yeah, <laughs> what right, happens yeah. or like well the almost kisses or you know it's like there's several instances of that where yeah they come in they come into close contact and you you think something's gonna happen and nope it doesn't happen so that's kind of like yeah. how Dengeki Daisy was too yeah I guess it's annoying at least in Dengeki Daisy I feel like there's an awareness from both characters of like what's happening like they are both aware that they wanted to kiss but didn't, right? Whereas with this, I feel like Fumi is always kind of clueless. Like, she's like, I don't know, Kutaro is just, like, on top of me. That's fun, right? And I'm like, what? Come on. <laughs> what are you about, exactly. girl? <laughs> like... uh, yeah. And I kind of feel, too, one of the things I thought was interesting about this story is I feel like usually a lot of shoujo manga are written from the girl's perspective. And I feel like... Multibe is trying really hard to tell it more from Kutaro's perspective because I feel like he's the one that's more like aware of what's going on and aware of his feelings. And we see a lot of things from what happens with him. So 
I mean, not that we don't see Fumi's perspective as well. It just seems like we have more of his awareness than hers because we don't really know who she is. That's true. She has, she has like a very weak sense of self because she doesn't remember anything from past 10 years ago or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, it's definitely true that you definitely get more of Kutaro's perspective, partially because it's like, is Fuyu also Fumi? But also, yeah, because he's the one who, you know, is the sweeper. He is the one who has all the, he like is the master here in a, in a way. Yeah, so I think it's it's very, they definitely feel like they have pretty equal roles in terms of their perspective, I would agree. Yeah, it's just weird reading it and being like, Fumi is so unaware of any feelings for him, I feel. is just, just so baffled by it. <laughs> well, she does it at a couple points. She does, even in QQ Sweeper, she does say like, I like you, but it doesn't come out as yeah, no. like her feelings coming across. It just totally gets misinterpreted, so... Yeah, I feel like it's just like, you're a cool dude. I'm like, no, but you like, you think he's hot, right? Like, <laughs> I, I need to know that you think that. Like, I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe she's like, nah, Q's weird. Like, he likes to clean a lot. That's weird. I want a normal boy. Which I guess is what is going on in the beginning. Because in the beginning, she's like, oh, maybe Sakaguchi could be my my Prince Charming. My Prince Charming. Like, mm. Really? Oh. Based on his behavior right now, though? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, and I think some of her feelings come out, too. There's the scene where she tries to run away to keep from hurting them and the family. So I think, you know, those feelings are there and she acts on them, but it's not interpreted by Q that way. I'm just not even sure that she's aware that they're romantic. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't I think she just thinks he's a really good friend. And I, I'm like, oh, what's what's the turning point going to be in Queen's quality where she's like, hmm, Kitaro, I want to kiss you. <laughs> like all these situations that we get into, just gonna we're gonna kiss now. I don't. I think some for some reason she's like decided he's not equitable for her prince charming, which I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think that's why she's kind of like moved him to friend category and not as romantic interest oh poor q getting friend zoned right here <laughs> he literally doesn't act interact with anybody else but her and the granny and koichi and, his, and their family yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh that's sad but but it's also like the only reason that they get put into some of those situations is because apparently the sweepers have power where if you like touch each other you like you know, you're each other's support system. It's like, if you're happy, then I'm happy. There's a yeah. cyclic process. to my heartbeat. Yeah, so he's just always yeah. like, if I just put you here, then you're happy. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> how do you, neither of you, like, overtly acknowledge how this is, like, <laughs> weird and creepy and sexual? <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, there's a whole scene where they're inside the mine and she falls and scrapes her knee and he, like, kisses her knee. And I was like... Do you not get a clue, girl, right yeah, there? exactly. Like... <laughs> I'm like, she's just like, that's weird, Q. I'm like, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Oh. Um, yeah, were there any other general things that you wanted to talk about before uh, delving into our silly quiz segment? <laughs> were we going to talk ships? Oh, do you want to do ships before cleaning quiz? Because, yeah. I normally do ships last, but I don't really care. Oh, I don't care. Do you want to do the cleaning quiz? That's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's do cleaning <laughs> quiz. And then okay. everybody, and then we'll get to what everybody really cares about, which is ships. Okay, so normally this segment is a love quiz segment, obviously. This is a shoujo manga podcast, and it's all about love. And it's normally posing as a character who, uh, taking a love quiz of like, do they really love each other or whatever. But as we have just mentioned, there's not that many, like, awareness of romantic feelings in this manga. Again, I really think the most romantic thing, like, most romantic shot is this cover of volume three of them, like, <laughs> holding each other. Uh, I'm like, yeah, that's hot. That's way hotter than anything that happens in this. But, uh, yeah, so this time, since this is about cleaning, again, it's definitely about cleaning, 100%. For sure. We're just going to take a quiz that's 
not even about how good of, we're not going to take it as characters because we already know that they're really good at cleaning like they have they've shown it there was a whole chapter about them cleaning a room not even supernatural cleaning it was just literally fumi cleaning a room but so we are going to test our knowledge of cleaning right here we are gonna (laughs) i'm gonna be so bad okay (laughs) i I sweep every day for the record i sweep every day because i have a cat and hardwood floors and i'm just like yeah you gotta clean up clean that up yep i don't need all these litter pebbles and your fur everywhere all the time like i don't need that (laughs) well i have two children so i i can tell you i do a lot of cleaning (laughs) all right so you're gonna you're gonna know lots of stuff and i'm just gonna look like a silly fool (laughs) um all right so this quiz is on howstuffworks.com which is probably just like a silly dumb website that's not really anything but maybe it's not i don't really know (laughs) and this is just called the ultimate kitchen cleaning quiz. Oh, great. It's even about kitchen cleaning. I would definitely talk to much of that, but all right. So the subhead is, there's something about cleaning the kitchen that says us, sends us into a panic. We walk by the pile of dishes and sigh. We see the tomato sauce on the wall as a sure sign of our doom. I mean, it is. That's just facts. It doesn't have to be that way, though. Take our quiz to learn some great tips for keeping your kitchen clean and fresh. Oh, yes. All right. I definitely need to know how my kitchen, my very, very tiny kitchen, can be clean and fresh. <laughs> um, all right, question one. To reduce the amount of time you spend on dishes, you should do, do which of these? Soak them in hot, soapy water. Throw them away. Use paper plates. I'm glad you, this first question, uh, so, lobbing me an easy one here. <laughs> Soak them in hot, soapy water. <laughs> Correct answer. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. My mine is probably use paper plates <laughs> to avoid having the dishes in the first place. Oh yeah. But then that wouldn't be ecologically friendly. So question two: Besides dish soap, which of these will help cut through the grease that develops on dishes? Bleach, vinegar, or rubbing alcohol? Is vinegar right? <laughs> I was gonna say vinegar. Yeah. Correct answer. Yay. <laughs> Yay. In case it gives you actual tips when correct answer. I didn't read the last one, but I'll read this one. Add a bit of vinegar, three to four tables, teaspoons, not tablespoons, teaspoons. Those are different metrics to really attack the grease on your dishes. Kitchen chemistry. Kitchen chemistry. That's basically, this is basically a chemistry lesson. <laughs> See, <laughs> chemistry was important. <laughs> How should you remove water spots from stemware? Oh, God. <laughs> Scratch them off with a Brillo pad. Soak the stemware in a mixture of water and white vinegar. Burn them off with a match. (laughs) Definitely that one. No. (laughs) Okay, we already know the vinegar helps, so we're going to go with... We're going with vinegar. White and vinegar. Yay! Correct answer. (laughs) Correct answer. Water spots are ugly and annoying. Soak your stemware in a basin of water and white vinegar to remove pesky spots. After all, what's what's a good wine if you can't enjoy its color? (laughs) <laughs> I don't drink so honestly any question that involves like alcohol I get really confused because I'm just like I'm so ignorant I don't know I just don't know <laughs> well, we have a lot of stemware in our house but I know my husband being a pyro would probably try to burn them off burn it off with a match <laughs> that seems fun I think that's definitely the most fun answer <laughs> yes four the biggest problem with storing tomato sauce in plastic containers is what Tomato sauce stains plastic. Tomato sauce does not keep well in plastic. Tomato sauce absorbs toxins from plastic. <laughs> I, I guess it's probably the first one. Yeah, I also kind of feel like the last one is probably like semi-true. That's probably after- semi-true, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Based on what I read of like what plastic does to our bodies, I'm like, oh god. <laughs> yes. We are all dying from plastic. Anyway, correct answer. That was right. Plastic containers keep air out, but they are somewhat porous. Oh, see? Actual chemistry is happening. (laughs) If you keep storing tomato sauce and tomato-based sauces in plastic, you will see a light red stain begin to take over the inside of the surface container. If you want to prevent tomato sauce from staining your plastic containers, what should you do? Don't put them in plastic containers. I thought that's what we just learned. That's not an option. (laughs) The options are coat them with vegetable oil, line them with plastic wrap, Soak them in salt, which will produce a protective barrier. I'm going to say line them with plastic wrap, but okay. that would be a guess on my part. <laughs> I have 
my mind is like i don't know (laughs) no wrong answer apparently the correct answer was to coat them with vegetable oil you can produce a protective barrier on the inside of your plastic containers with a thin coat of vegetable oil or spray all right six the problem with wiping down ceramic tiles with a soapy sponge is that you will not be able to remove what grease germs sugars germs grease grease okay grease i'll go with it no it was germs yeah i was right (laughs) (laughs) wiping ceramics (laughs) with a soapy sponge might remove the top layer of a spill but it will not remove the germs that have built up on ceramic to clean and disinfect ceramic properly what should you use Salt water, vinegar, rubbing alcohol. I feel like vinegar is the magic answer, but I feel like also it's going to be wrong. I feel like you're right, too. I feel like it's going to be wrong. Wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) Rubbing alcohol? Rubbing alcohol. (laughs) The best way to clean ceramic tiles is with rubbing alcohol. This will remove the grease, the dirt, and the germs, apparently. Which of these ingredients is the key to cleaning and deodorizing wood surfaces? Rubbing alcohol? Baking soda? lemon juice i think it's citric acid i want to say lemon juice yeah because i'm always like i can never keep straight what destroys wood right like (laughs) that's always my problem (laughs) it's orange oil that they always put on wood oh so maybe not lemon juice oh yeah no wrong (laughs) lemon juice wrong answer (laughs) baking soda (laughs) baking soda Wood absorbs dirt oil and bacteria the best way to attack the problem is to add baking soda to warm water and use that solution to clean the wood. This is why I guess nothing I, that I do is getting anything clean because I don't I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> after after you've cleaned wood, what should you use to restore its natural finish? Oh god. Linseed oil. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Vinegar. Ammonia. Uh <laughs> I'm going to say it. Wow. It's either ammonia or oil, but I, I don't know. I kind of want to just click linseed oil because I don't even know what that is. <laughs> just, <laughs> okay. Just wanna, oh, it was the correct answer. Gently rub boiled linseed oil. Vegetable oil also works into the wood with a pad of fine steel wool. There you go. <laughs> Got one right. How long after applying the first coat of linseed oil should you apply the second coat? What? I don't know. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Six hours, 12 hours, 24 hours. Okay. Yeah, no. 12 hours. 12 hours. Yeah, we'll cut the different. No, wrong answer. <laughs> 24? 24. Applying one coat of linseed oil might not work, might not do the trick. Apply a second coat 24 hours later to really bring out the wood's beauty. All right, whatever. Random quiz on the internet. Sure, I trust you. <laughs> no. Okay. If you want to remove stains from woodenware, you must use which of these? Vinegar, bleach, lemon juice. From woodenware? What is it? What does that even? I know. That's what I'm trying to think. Like, what What do I have that's, like, even woodenware? Like, <laughs> uh, maybe if you had a wooden cutting board. Oh, okay. Huh. Vinegar, lemon juice. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna click lemon juice and I'm gonna not be shocked if it's vinegar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, no, it wasn't even. It was bleach. <laughs> bleach. Okay. <laughs> the best way to remove stains from wood is with bleach. Use one quart of war- water and one quarter cup of bleach. This is why. This nobody should let me <laughs> clean. Nothing's clean in, in our house. Nobody <laughs> should let me clean anything. Apparently, I just don't know. <laughs> okay. Wow, the easiest and least expensive way to prevent China from getting chipped is what? Pad the sink and faucet with towels. Soak them in salt water to make them stronger. Always have your China professionally cleaned. Well, I don't know. Do you want to pay money or try and do it yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you should want to do it yourself. This salt water thing seems like nonsense. I'm just going to say you should just put towels in your sink. Correct answer. Yay. That's because we're not, we're not, we're not made of money. We're not Prince Charming here. We need, we need to do it ourselves. God. Which of these can you use to remove calcium deposits? Steel wool. Lemon rinds, vegetable oil. Steel wool? Mm. <laughs> no, lemon rinds. Well, I was going to say lemon juice, but yeah. 
lemon. <laughs> Always lemon. If lemon rind alone is not removing a tough calcium deposit, what should you add? Salt, vinegar, or bleach? Vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> no, salt. <laughs> salt. <laughs> to clean a vase that has a narrow neck, what should you use? Rice and vinegar, really hot soapy water, lemon juice, and bleach. Rice and vinegar? How would that even... Wouldn't the rice just, like, expand? I'm going to say no to that. Really hot, soapy water? I don't know. <laughs> what was the last choice? Oh, lemon juice and bleach? No. <laughs> I would say hot, soapy water. No, apparently rice and vinegar. How is this possible? <laughs> One really clever solution is to pour a little bit of white vinegar into the vase as a cleaning agent and some uncooked rice as an abrasive. The moment some something spills in your oven, what should you do? Cover the spill with salt, turn off the oven, and throw away whatever you were cooking. Obviously the wrong answer. <laughs> Pour red wine over the spill. Hmm. I was going to say baking powder, but okay, that wasn't a choice. That's not a choice. <laughs> salt. <laughs> salt or wine? Again, I don't, I don't understand the properties of alcohol at all, so I'm like, well, I don't... Well, wine has, is like vinegar, okay. so salt or vinegar. Uh, salt. A correct answer. Woo! Yay! When you hear the familiar slash and sizzle of an sizzle of an oven spill, you should immediately cover the spill with salt to absorb the spill. The salt will soak up the stain and make the oven much easier to clean. What should you use to pour salt over a hard-to-reach spill? A salt shaker, a long-handled spoon, your hand. Obviously, your hand. No. <laughs> a long-handled spoon. Um, a long-handled spoon. Yes. That one's too easy. Correct answer. Obviously, you can't put your hand inside the oven. That's how you get burned. <laughs> Once the oven has cooled and you're ready to remove the salt-covered spill, what should you use? Steel wool, a sponge or rag, a paint scraper. A sponge or rag? <laughs> Correct Steel. answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> In certain cases, you can use which of these to unclog a drain? Water pressure, lemon juice, alcohol. What? Uh, water pressure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. See results. We got 11 out of 20. <laughs> That's failure. Not passing. That's not passing. <laughs> Yeah, you're a teacher, you know, right? That's that's failing, right? <laughs> that's <Yeah>. just <laughs> oops. Well, whatever. We um <laughs> we did it, y'all. You now you know how to clean stuff in your kitchen specifically. The rest of your apartment still screwed, but your kitchen spotless. <laughs> I feel like Qtaro would have known all those answers. Yeah, Qtaro is definitely currently uh killing us. He's like, I hate you, you are bad people. <laughs> like, <laughs> And he might not be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yes, shipping corner time. So, again, as we have discussed, this is not a super, the most romantic thing you will possibly ever read. But there are still obvious ships. One of them being, actually, we'll start with the less prominent ship, <laughs> which was Sakaguchi and Sanako who is just, like, his friend. Do you, do you have feelings about them? Did you like them? <laughs> Are you like, I don't even remember that girl? <laughs> no, I do. She was just, like, a random childhood friend character that showed up to save yeah. him. So right. I was kind of like, oh, that's convenient. So now, you know, she she can't have her Cinderella. That's true. Prince that Charlie. definitely takes Sakaguchi out of... Why did she think he was, he has, like, fancy earrings or something? And she's like, he must have lots of money. And I'm like... Doesn't that mean his parents have lots of money? That doesn't mean that he's going to have lots of money. Obvious. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess I, I actually forgot that Sanako was supposed to be, like, childhood friend. I'm a, I'm a fan of that trope. I, I Are they more in Queen? Are they in Queen's quality? Can you spoil that for me? <laughs> like, um, I haven't seen him yet, so. What is happening in Queen's quality? Are people just, like, <laughs> thrown out as characters? What? I'm so confused. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have to start reading it like after after this podcast after I show my mom how to use Google Drive <laughs> starting <laughs> Queen's <laughs> oh my god oh and then I think the only other legitimate ship ship that we're shown is Fumi and Kutaro is that pretty much I, I mean think so 
even with like her friends or whatever, they're not really shipping them with anybody. So, as shown by the fact that they go to a mixer in volume two, that turns out to just be a fortune telling session because, duh, when you go to karaoke as a mixer, don't you want it to just be fortune telling? Like, <laughs> why, why bother? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, couldn't they have just been like, will I work out with Kaori over here? Like, Tell me that, fortune teller. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't even know why she ended up going. But it was funny anyway. Because she was like <laughs> the only one singing. <laughs> yeah, she's like, but I really, I practiced this song. Y'all, like, let me sing my song. And they're like, no, Fumi, can't you read the room? And she's like, we're in a karaoke place. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, she was initially, she didn't know that it was a mixer at first, right? Is that? Yeah, because initially, I think she thought it was just going to be the girls going to sing for karaoke, and then all the guys show up. Yeah. Or. Like, two guys show up. Or three. Or three. Not counting Ataru, who was, he was there. (laughs) Is he a guy? Sure. I guess so. (laughs) 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 Whatever. Um, but do we do we ship Fumi and Kyutaro? I mean, obviously, but <laughs> obviously. you kind of have to at this point. There's nothing else to ship. <laughs> There's nothing else to ship. I mean, we could dislike them as a as a pairing, but I I don't. I feel like they they work well together. I do too. You, I mean, it's kind of hard because I feel like I see maybe less with Fumi. I don't see the the main girl of Dengeki Daisy, but I definitely feel like. Kitaro is kind of just like a dark-haired version of Kurosaki. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. Like, I, I, guess. I don't know. I think I don't see them as as close, maybe as you do. I uh, I think Kitaro is a little more distinct, different kid. Like he's much quieter and reserved than I think. Yeah, Kurosaki was. <laughs> That's true. Personality-wise, I don't think they're that similar. But just like based on looks, I'm kind of like. You look, oh, and they yeah. do, like, similar, you know, I, I mean, this is just a Motomi thing, I assume, but they do the similar, like, I'm gonna squish your face thing and yeah, yeah. those types of things. And I was like, I see. These are kind of the same character right here. Yeah, yeah and then did you, uh, was there anybody you wished was a real ship? Well, one of the ones I thought was interesting was they pulled in Onizuka from uh, Dengeki Daisy, mm-hmm. and she's actually in one of the scenes where they hypnotize the boy to go into his mind and then also there at the same time is Koichi Mm -hmm. who is in that family with Kitaro Mm -hmm. and so I was kind of like how Dengeki Daisy ends because you don't know I don't Um, know (laughs) yeah yeah. but I kind of want her to have somebody so I was kind of like I want Onizuko to be with Koichi (laughs) that makes sense yeah I mean I I had seemed kind of obvious that she didn't have a partner in this and I was like okay <laughs> interesting uh 12 more volumes of nobody getting with Onizuka I guess <laughs> <laughs> this is what's in store for me <laughs> there's a backstory there oh mm. <laughs> backstory oh, gotta go read Queen's Quality then go read 12 volumes of Tengeki, Tengeki Daisy, Daisy. <laughs> oh boy gotta gotta get with it um yeah I guess I could see them together based on my limited Dengeki Daisy knowledge <laughs> and the like panel that she shows up in they name drop her a lot more in here than they do like show her right like right she's only there in like the final scene of cleaning out like Kaori's mind I guess or whatever or no I guess it was the guy's mind because Kaori was like they were like she's not even gonna live like this is a hopeless case and they were like no we're gonna save her we are we are heroes we are the heroes here <laughs> I don't accept that answer. I told her I was going to save her, and so I am. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, you do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you do you. So Onizuka, she, yeah, she seems cool. I, I could agree. Koichi seems like a lonely, sad boy who lives with... <laughs> well, how are they... How is Kyutaro related to him? That's what are I, was, they, I was trying to think. Are I, they uncle? That's what I was like, uncle and nephew, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. With the grandmother. Okay, yeah. That makes sense generations okay yeah yeah they need to get out more though they have a big house it's fine i know you think he would have girls lining up you know because they live in a mansion i know right that's what i'm saying (laughs) i feel like everybody's being weird about this (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, anyway, were there any other sort of final silly thoughts you wanted to, to get out? <laughs> <laughs> I just want everybody to read this. I know. I agree. I think everybody should read it. And also, I really do like the I like the grandmother character. I like her more when she's an owl. I will admit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you don't understand what we're talking about, you would have to go read the manga. But yes. Yeah. Duh. The grandmother becomes an owl. I mean, isn't this obvious? <laughs> up here? Come on. <laughs> I was really confused in the beginning when they it was like, Sendai, then Granny, and she has like five different names, and I was yeah. like, wait, they're all the same character, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's all the same person, yeah. And I, honestly, I was like, Sendai, what's Sendai? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even, I was just like, is that a Japanese thing that I'm not, I mean, probably it is, but I didn't bother to look it up, and I was just like, okay. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Is this related to the use of uh, the guardian gods as, like, gates or whatever? Because they do mention uh, Gembu. Oh, can right. I name them all? Gembu. <laughs> Byako. Byako. Uh, Suzaku. Seryu? Is that, is that the last <laughs> one? Yes. Yay. Yay, Fushigi Yugi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, is it somehow related to that? Like, maybe. I didn't look it up. Somebody can tell me if, I, if they know. That would be cool. I don't know if I'm right, but I think it's related to cardinal directions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they go more into Gembu and things in <laughs> in Queen's Quality? I'm just going to be like, what's in Queen's Quality? <laughs> no! Not yet. We just what? know that, that, that they're in charge of the Gembu Gate. That's all we know. Oh, my God. God. This story is going to be like 20 volumes long. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that's what I was saying. I think like they were planning on making this a pretty long serialization so but they were just like we don't believe anybody will care about this cleaning manga <laughs> oh, oh my god okay cool is ataru still there is he still the bad guy is that yes okay yeah, yeah. he's still we... working around how yeah. do we feel about him as a bad guy i felt bad for him actually i kind of pitied him because yeah why I feel like he was stuck in that role of bug handler. And, like, I don't know. He's always, like, having to manipulate people. And mm -hmm. went and he's very, like, like sad that he's having to do that to people. Like, it's... <laughs> I don't know how you to You think he was sad about it? I think he doesn't like that. I think he, yeah. like, despairs that that's what he has to do. I don't know. That's how it came across to me. Wow. I don't think that's how it came across to me at all. <laughs> I was kind of just like, yeah, this dude's weird and creepy and uh, <laughs> manipulates well, people. I'm trying to think if maybe it's something from Queen's Quality. Yeah, That's that, that could make more like, sense. I'm like, does he get like a redemption arc here? Like what? <laughs> are we supposed to sympathize with him in Queen's Quality? <laughs> Whoa. I mean, that would make sense. He's kind of one dimensional right now. In that, yeah, he's like a weird, random bad guy who you're like, okay, I guess this is a mechanic of the world. They're bug handlers. I assume there's a society of bug handlers. I don't know what rank he is in that society. Right. Well, I'm remembering a conversation he has with a girl. And I just remember him saying, like, I, you know, have you have you messed up that girl yet or whatever? And he's like, I don't want to mess that one up. Or Oh, interesting. I think that's in Queen's quality. So. Okay. <laughs> huh. I definitely want to know what rank Ataru is in the bug handler world. <laughs> is is finding the queen an important task? Like I would assume it is. I guess. Oh yeah. I think that's the whole premise of the of this next series. Yeah. Is the queen like finding the queen and then um, aligning the queen to either good or evil? Right. Okay. Yeah. Because they do explain that it's like the queen is just like a name, and it can be good or evil it's like you can choose it and actually all the, these bug things because i assume i took it as a like queen bee sort of metaphor i assume that's mm -hmm. what it's going for right <laughs> like if a bug handler is trying to find them and it just kind of reminded me of like maybe this is silly but it reminded me of like ender's game and how you know they fight the like bug-like aliens and then in the end ender's like no 
like we killed this whole civilization and then he tries to like protect the queen bee because it's kind of I guess the implication is that it you know they're not like inherently evil beings they just have a different set of morals and whatever um and he's like yes I must find the queen and protect the queen so that the society doesn't die and I was like this is maybe a strange connection that I've made but (laughs) definitely what it reminded me of I was like, all right, bro. Well, I know that's what they, I think that's how they kind of explain it in QQ Sweeper anyway. Like, they did talk about, like, what the queen was. And that's definitely what the next series is about, is locating that queen and and trying to keep the queen from being evil. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of what Kutaro is trying to do. Yeah. Or, Kutaro is the know. queen's keeper here. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because she's connected with him. So. He yeah. has the best control over her. And he has magic powers. When you touch his chest, you just feel so <laughs> calm. calm and happy. Yeah. <laughs> How could you not? I don't know. Like, if I were touching a guy's chest, I would not feel calm and happy. <laughs> right, like, like, maybe happy, not calm. <laughs> Excited. Excited. Yay. Yeah. Any other, any other thoughts? Nothing that's, like, coming right to my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, it's fine, you know. All right, so I guess I'll uh, just read this outro then. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Shoujo and Tell. Comments, questions, constructive criticism, concerns? Need to guess about your OTP? Email shoujoandtell at gmail.com or leave a comment on shoujoandtell.com slash qqsweeper. We're at shoujoandtell on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Oh, and do you want to where they can find you, Laura? <laughs> sure. They can find me at El Sensei on Twitter. You can find me at heartofmanga.com or you can find me um, on Facebook at Heart of Manga. If you like the podcast, please rate it in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else like reviews can be left for podcasts. Uh, this will help the podcast reach more hearts or at least ears. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time for the first half of We Were There by Yuki Obata. What were you there for? Well, you'll just have to listen to find out. Stay tuned. Until then, bye. All right, bye, everybody.